Hello there, you wonderful, amazing superstars. His name is Aaron, and he is actually a computer program pretending to be a human. His name's Tommy. Are you ready to rock? <laughs> this is the Superpod Saga! Yes, this is the Superpod Saga. Welcome. Thank you. Grab a seat. Grab a cup of coffee. Yeah, boy. Sit down for a while. Um, if this is uh, your first time listening to the Superpod Saga, this is the podcast where Aaron and I bring a different uh, video game-related topic to the table every week, and, and we discuss it. We talk about it until there's nothing left to talk about, and we're going to do that for as long as humanly possible. And where, where can people find us on the internet, Aaron? Yeah, so you boot up your, uh, boot up your your modem, give it about ten to fifteen minutes to connect to the World Wide Web, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, superpodsaga.com. Every single thing that you might need from us is on that website. Our social medias, all of our episodes, uh, even like our videos and stuff like, or our blog. We write cool stuff on the blog every now yeah. and again. I wrote a cool thing about Chrono Cross. The game is great. Superpodsaga.com. Yeah, and we're not alone today. It's it's not just Aaron and I. We have a special guest. It is Matt Storm from the Fun and Game Podcast and others. Hi, Matt. Hi. Thanks Hello. for having me. I'm yes. excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Why don't you, uh, just to start, give us a little info about yourself and about your podcast or all your podcasts. Up to you. <laughs> sure. So uh, <laughs> my name is Matt Storm. I go by Stormageddon also online. I host four podcasts, one by myself and then three oh. others with co-hosts. Um, I'm also a producer and editor. I am currently the freelance editor for the Game Informer show, which is the Game Informer flagship podcast. Um, my shows, as you mentioned, one of them is Fun and Games, which is a kind of general topic-based conversational video game podcast. We also interview developers, composers, all sorts of different creators, community managers, all sorts of folks. Um, I do a interview series called CPOV Autographs, which is me chatting with bands, comedians, burlesque performers, actors, pretty much anyone who wants to chat about art and artistry. I do a podcast called Screen Snark, which is a roundtable style podcast that I do with my incredible co-host, Rachel Quirky Shank, and we bring a guest on to talk about the most recent things we've watched. Uh, we go around each talking about them and then uh, usually interview the guest as well. Sometimes we do specials focused on specific media. And then last but not least, I do a Bioware podcast. It was a Mass Effect podcast as we played through the Mass Effect franchise. We have now moved on to Dragon Age, where me and my co-host Frankie uh, create the character and then play the games as if we are those characters, making decisions as we would and things like that. And uh, yeah, the, all of these podcasts can be found on your podcast platform of choice. And you can find more about me and those shows at djstormageddon.com. Thank you. You are you are living such a cool life. <laughs> um, I love that Mass Effect idea. That's cool. Or the uh, yeah, where you like live out as the characters or like act as the characters, like D and D style. That's cool as hell. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it came up from just me and Frankie always talking about Mass Effect because I got them into it, and uh, yeah, and so we started the show and it was fun to play Shepard who I'd played a million times before, but more, f- I always make decisions kind of how I would, but mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. really dig down deep and figure it out as a person who came out as nine binary recently and has been queer my whole life. I romance Caden on that playthrough, mm-hmm. a character that I didn't really like in the early days <laughs> and then kind of really fell in love with. Um, I mean, it, part of it is Raphael Sabarge's very smooth voice, but uh, 
really digging into the character, it's like, oh, this is someone I'd actually be interested in, someone I would like. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it's really great. I really encourage folks, if you love the franchise, to listen to it because there's even stuff in there that you may not have noticed or thought of on a previous playthrough. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, uh, Aaron, Aaron, you picked our topic for the week, and, and what is that topic? Uh, we're going to talk about multiplayer games, and, and to be specific, nothing like cooperative, because I, I I feel like that's totally separate from, from actual like multiplayer mayhem, where it's like player versus player, stuff like that, but yeah, multiplayer games. Yes, yes. So what... What do you two look for in a good multiplayer game? We can we can start with you, Aaron, since this is your topic. Right, yeah. Uh, so, a lot of the multiplayer games I play are ones that I would play like with when people come over, like like a party kind of situation, where I just want absolute chaos, <laughs> and like I don't I don't want anybody to be friends after <laughs> afterward. Um, a lot a lot of the a lot of the games I have on here are ones that like I'll sometimes get pretty angry about and. <laughs> And I'll just lash out at people, but I promise I'm not always like that. It's just some of these games really bring out the worst. This is just a venting session for you. <laughs> Let's let, please. We'll, we'll pass it on to Matt so I don't sound like a terrible person to the internet. <laughs> Matt, do you enjoy video games? <laughs> what? Video games? I didn't know we were talking about video games. Uh, yes, I do enjoy a variety of video games. I find myself playing a lot more single-player games now, A, because mm. I'm covering stuff for the show, and B, it's just sitting down to spend you know 10 hours playing an indie game by myself is much easier to organize than yep. coordinating with friends because like i love a lot of online games i played mmos a ton and like even online shooters um you know even in the early days of halo but like when everything was local you'd go to your friend's house play a multiplayer game now that everything's online i just find it hard like for example i love overwatch 2 yes activision sucks yes mm -hmm, blizzard mm -hmm. has been not treating their employees like all of that it's known they're shitty humans but the developers are still, from what I can tell, nice people, and I still try and support where I can. You got to yes. pick your battles. All of that said, I like Overwatch 2. I enjoy playing it, but I hate playing with random people. I cannot. That community <laughs> is still, still bad. But if I can squat up with a full team or mostly a full team of my friends, which I often do, then it's a ton of fun, right? We're coordinating. We're, we're communicating. We're working together. Um, or we're just totally fucking around and don't care. But, like, it's... Um, that kind of thing and so it depends on the game but like i do genuinely enjoy playing online multiplayer games and competitive online games which games i'll play on my own with random people versus playing only with friends is dependent on the game some communities are better than that better for that rather than others and so it really depends on the game itself yes we you and i we're on the same page when it comes to overwatch too you basically said everything that's on my mind um, but yeah, I've, I've noticed like same thing. I grew up playing like local multiplayer and you would think with, with online multiplayer being such a thing now, it'd be easier to game with friends, but we're all adults now with lives and it's, it's so hard to, to find time sometimes. So it, it makes those good games really stand out. For sure. I mean, I think also for me, it depends on the game. Like when mm -hmm. Splatoon 2 came out recently, I made a ton of time for that game because I was excited to get to play it. Um, when uh, Halo Infinite came out, problems aside, when that when the multiplayer launched, a ton of me and my friends were like playing it and playing it a bunch. Um, and a lot of that comes from that camaraderie of old school local multiplayer. Um, yep. I'm reminded of playing Halo 1 on the Xbox with my friends Joe and Brian. And if I could uh, tell a sh very short but fun story. Yes. Um, 
when we used to play, we used to play the Halo multiplayer a lot, Blood Gulch especially, because of course, mm-hmm. and like it's usually just the three of us in a giant map trying to kill each other, right? As it was for most folks back then. And my friend Joe discovered something that none of us would even think to think of, but it worked and it was very funny. I don't know how familiar you both with the Nicktoon Doug, who was an yeah. incredible oh, yeah. cartoon from my childhood, had a great theme song. My friend Joe discovered that the because notoriously the rocket launcher in the original halo was incredibly slow like you had to be mostly lucky to hit with it he Mm -hmm. discovered that if he fired it from across the map he could sing the entire doug theme before (laughs) it made impact and so me and my friend brian would be sparring and taking out each other then we just hear joe behind us going it's like just start to sing the song we would panic because we had no idea where the rocket was coming from Um, that's amazing Stuff like that is why I love multiplayer gaming, especially with friends, because the stories are often better than even the game or the gameplay, because it's just mm-hmm. the things that come out of playing them together. Absolutely. You you brought a memory back in my mind from Halo 3 days, where we had the one friend who had the console and the, the game, and we would go over and just make custom matches with the most ridiculous, absurd things. Our, our favorite mode was making gravity as low as possible and making it the speed as fast as possible. And the only weapon you could have is gravity hammers. Yes. So it's three uh. guys just flying around, swinging and flying through the sky wildly. And it was so much stupid fun. Yeah. that that The best part of any Halo generation was what you could make and what you could do, the forge and all of that. Uh, like I'm not a I wasn't a big first person shooter gr- person growing up because I wasn't good at them. Arguably, I'm still not, but I just enjoy them more. Uh, but like doing that kind of stuff where skill and aim barely mattered, and it yes. was just what nonsense you could get into was always the best part. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Aaron, do you wanna do you wanna start us off with a specific video game that you enjoy that's multiplayer? Hell yeah, I'll, I'll get this one I mentioned in our previous episode or not previous episode the episode with Troy though. Shout out to Power Stone. It's not gonna be my actual pick, but I don't want to talk about Power Stone too many, <laughs> too too many episodes in a row. Because Power Stone is just multiplayer mayhem fun, and I fucking love it. But um, I guess my first pick would be one that I've I keep going back to, and I keep telling myself I'm never gonna play this again, and then I do, and it's Smite. God damn it, I mm. love Smite so much. You do have a problem with Smite. Me, uh, usually it's it's me, my brother-in-law Nova. He he was in our uh, companions and sidekicks episode, but he and I play Smite together a lot, and uh, it's just, I mean, it's, it's another one of those games where playing with randos suck, because either they, they don't know what they're doing, and they throw the match for you, or it's just super toxic people who are just, like, trash support, like, <laughs> your build is trash. There's you know, no in-between. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> sometimes you get somebody that's pretty decent, but that's very, very rare, and, oh, my, and especially in a game where, like, like the premier mode is like the 5v5 conquest mode like you need your team like you need to be everybody like on their a mm-hmm. game otherwise if you have a bad jungle or a bad like solo lane or something like that you know you're gonna fall behind very very quickly and i i fuck i hate it so much sometimes but then like when it's good it's good because like the, some of the characters like once you learn like they're their different quirks and like the, the hitboxes for their abilities and how much damage they do and you, like you know when you can take somebody out with a certain ability and you know like a really good build for them like it's it's really 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 fun uh shout out to sun wukong because i love sun wukong but I um am. what 
Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I tried Smite for a good few matches, and I was like, this is a lot to learn. It is a lot oh, yeah. to take in and figure out. I was like, I would need to dedicate my life, basically, to become good at this. And I feel bad when I'm, like, learning a multiplayer game with other people. I feel bad that I'm dragging the team down, and that's tough for me to get through. You, you got to play with us sometime. We'll, we'll coach you through it. Like, if, if we played, like, a 3v3 Joust, that's probably the easiest way to learn, because Nova and I could definitely carry a newbie. Like, when it's... When it's like us two and a newbie, like our friend Michael or somebody else, that, that's pretty easy. But when it's like 5v5 and, you know, three out of your five teammates are just sucking ass, it's it's a huge bummer. Yeah, but yeah it definitely is a lot. Yeah, Smite's one of those games that I played a lot when it first, like, launched. Um, mm -hmm. I played with a bunch of friends because just the idea of playing these gods from different lores mm -hmm. um, and being yeah. able to mix and match was a lot of fun, and I had been already playing Heroes of the Storm and League of Legends and other games like it. And so, like, I the basics of it I knew, and then it was just learning this specific system. Um, I fell off it after a year or two. Um, it seems like they keep adding cool stuff to it. I keep saying, oh, I'm going to go back to it. And then I never do because I just, I'm already playing too many games and to add another into the rotation is just not going to happen. But I remember enjoying it, uh, what I played of it. Oh, hell yeah. That's another thing with multiplayer games today is not to like derail our conversation, but like so many of them expect it to be the game you play. Like they all want you to play only their game with the battle passes oh. and the daily and weekly quests and everything. And it's it's impossible to to keep up with every game all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when Overwatch 2 came out, I played a lot of that and neglected Smite. And it's like, well, fuck, they have the RuneScape crossover going on in Smite. So like, what do I... <laughs> What do I May is Bay, but the RuneScape crossover, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm still we we when we noticed Smite was having crazy crossovers, we were like, let's predict our craziest crossover. And I'm still waiting for the Door of the Explorer crossover. I think it's gonna happen right. someday. Look, I never thought there'd be an Avatar <laughs> crossover, and I didn't play during it, but that was awesome. That was really cool. I love yeah. Avatar, so to see that happen was really neat. The Ninja Turtle one was super cool, and 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 uh, Nova and I we keep like coming up with these awesome ideas for skins that they should have done but haven't, and we keep thinking like, come on, high res, like hire us, because there, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of characters in that game that have um, that like transform. So there's gods like Fafnir or RTO or uh, I'm trying to think of another, but I can't put my can't name them right now. But gods that have transformations get very very neglected. Like the god Fafnir, he hasn't had a new skin in years because he's not meta enough. Like, like the, the pro players don't like him enough, so they don't give him new fucking skins. But it's like, bro, when the Nickelodeon fucking crossover happened, they could have made it so like when he's in his normal form, he's Tommy Pickles. But then when he uses his <laughs> ultimate, which is when he transforms into a dragon, he can be Reptar. Yeah, that would cool be fun. That, that would be pretty cool. God I love damn it. I love your hire suggestion. Me, yeah, I love your suggestion. They should hire you as an idea man. They'll just yeah. give you an office, and every week they'll walk in and be like, "You got anything?" And you'll be like, <laughs> "Tommy Pickles Reptar." And they'll be like, "Ah, get to work, everyone." <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, got man. so many ideas for them. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Matt, how about you take a turn? What's a multiplayer video game that you like? So for me. Uh... It's funny, one of the multiplayer games I play the most now is a game that I used to scoff at like everybody oh, else. Ooh. But but I play Fortnite and I play it a lot. And yes. like 
here's the thing. So, look, it was easy to make fun of Fortnite, right? The most popular game always gets that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of pretty typical. Um, and then I had, uh, I do a sub-series within the Funny Games. I promise this isn't just to pitch something. I do a sub-series within Funny Games called SideQuest, where a different host every episode talks about a game they love and why they love it, right? It was meant to combat the negativity, mostly on Twitter, mm -hmm. of people yes. just saying games suck for no reason. Uh, and so uh, very early on, a friend of mine, uh, Nathan Brandt, who hosts a bunch of podcasts, they did an episode on Fortnite. And I listened to it, and I went, this sounds fun. <laughs> why why haven't i tried this and so of course i tried it a couple times i got because you're mostly fighting bots on your first match i got a dub on my first match and i was like oh this is this is pretty fun <laughs> uh then they re-released the um tom hardy venom skin which is the one that i wanted and so mm. i bought that immediately like three weeks later they announced the boba fett skin which i bought bought wholesale without even questioning because boba fett is my favorite star wars character and it was all downhill from there like i bought skins <laughs> i started playing and it's one of the it's one of the few games that I will play with my friends or with strangers because for the most part you can't hear what other people are talking about you can't really see yep. like chat or anything and so it's fun to play solo but then when I get a bunch of my friends playing with me like most of the time we're just horsing around stealing cars trying to do quests and like mess around like winning is fun but that's not the point of Fortnite and once yep. I realized that it became a lot more uh, entertaining. Um, and so while I play a variety of stuff that I mentioned earlier, the first one that comes to mind is Fortnite because it's just genuinely fun. And I think, like, all joking aside about, you know, harassing your friends and making enemies while playing games like Mario Party, which nobody walks away from as a friend uh, afterwards, <laughs> like, playing games that are just genuinely fun online is so rare. And, like, Fortnite is one of them. It's just such a ridiculous game, the fact that John Wick could be in the same party as Goku and Boba Fett and Venom and Deadpool. Like, it's just, it's nonsense. It's absolute ridiculousness. And uh, and it's I have a blast every time I play it. Um, I'm a, still a terrible shot. I'm not very good. I die a lot, but it's still it's still a blast to play. <laughs> yes. Fortnite was, cool. Fortnite was the game that got my wife back into video games as an adult. She like nice. played as a kid and then stopped when she went to college and stuff. And then she met me. <laughs> and... And I was like, you should try these video games. And she was like, nah. But it was all downhill and I'm from like, there. It really was. Like, now she's a full, <laughs> she's playing on the Xbox right now. Um, but yeah, Fortnite is just, it's it's impressive because it is, some of its systems are complex. It's not like you just have a gun and shoot the gun. It's got different guns. It's got all kinds of mechanics that change every season. And yet it's still always fun and always approachable. Yeah, completely. And I think... Part of that just really comes from them understanding what they have. And like, yes, some of the licensing stuff is dumb and sometimes some of the skins or events aren't as good, but like for the most part, it's just, it's become kind of the Smash Brothers of shooters. And what I mean by that is like, it's some people take those games very seriously, but most people want to play Jigglypuff and just roll into people till they die, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. or play a snake and put, uh, um, remote mines on the on other players and blow them up at random points. Like, I like Smash Brothers, but like Fortnite, I just play it for the laughs. And if I happen yeah. to win or have a good time, like that's all the, that's all secondary. It's like just how goofy and ridiculous can we be? Yes. Hell yeah! To to bring out or I guess to shout out my uh, brother-in-law Nova again. He and he and our friend Michael and I, like in between, like when we were when we were getting too upset at Smite or too mad at Smite or whatever, we'd take breaks and we would just yeah goof around on Fortnite. And there was that one 
season where they had like the UFOs around. You can hijack mm-hmm. the UFOs. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, yeah, one person driving, two people on the sides, and we'd gun people down, and that was fun. And then the season where you could like hijack the battle buses and shit. And yeah, it's so fun to goof around with friends. It's it's awesome. And they have concerts every once in a while, which is <laughs> they're brilliant. I I think they're fun. It's it's like a it's like a experience that you you can't get anywhere else. And sometimes they're not as good other times, but they're still fun. Oh, and I've I've only ever bought one skin. I've only ever bought Ghost Rider. So if I ever play, if you ever play the game with me, I'm always Ghost Rider. But like everything <laughs> else is randomized. <laughs> nice. You know, like a teddy bear backpack and like a uh, <laughs> uh, a pickaxe styled after like Batman or something stupid. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of games that are approachable, my first pick is Rocket League. Oh Ooh. man. Yeah. Oh totally. man. I. I don't know if a game has ever hooked me as quickly as Rocket League did when I first played it. Like, yeah. I, it start. This was their second game too. They had like super acrobatic, rocket powered, something or other like that. And it just kind of started as like people I saw on Twitter on Reddit being like, "You should check out this Rocket League game. It's really good." And then it just completely exploded. And I just loved getting to like learn how to play this game along with playing with friends and all of us just flying around horribly just bouncing everywhere except hitting the ball and eventually getting better and then there's a game where you see someone jump into the sky and fly through the air and you're like what the hell is happening that shouldn't be possible (laughs) and just it's just such a fun game to watch grow because at first they were pretty they were more small time devs and like they released a dlc and it's like i'll give you money you guys deserve a ton of money for this this is an amazing game and just Pure fun and pure joy is is like all I think of with Rocket League. It's it's definitely one of my most played games ever. The <laughs> uh, the customization with that game too is super fun because you can pick like different car bodies and then they have like more so now since they've done the whole loot box bullshit. But like they have a lot of cool decals you can put on your car and they'll be like you'll be like pearlescent and shiny and shit like that. And you have the, the, the cool um the hats like i always pick the most ridiculous stupid hats and like antenna toppers like it'll be like a little dune buggy with a sombrero and it'll be like um it'll be like somebody from rick and morty on the antenna or something and i uh oh and the go on you go oh and then then, then, like the boost trail will be something stupid like it would be christmas presents like jingle bells and shit flying out my favorite thing is to make themes for my cars. <laughs> I, yes. I, I um got a paint type that was wood, so I combined that. I, I made it brown, so my, my car looks like a boat, and I've got like a pirate hat, and I've got the pirate flag, and I'm like, look, everyone, I'm a pirate car. And I got treasure <laughs> shooting out the back. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh, man. That's Rocket cool. Spe- speaking of uh, treasure... Let's um, I know we already mentioned Overwatch two, but let, let's talk about it again for, yes. for like a That's little on bit. My list Overwatch, too. Yeah. Overwatch yes. two, because I mean, yeah, even though it is like, I kind of hate that they went like you had to pay for everything, and I kind of miss getting a uh, loot box with some sweet shit miss, every level up. I miss the loot boxes. I know, dude. It's weird to say, but Overwatch two, yeah, it's it's it's. I feel like it's a lot more balanced now, and it's it's a lot quicker and more fast paced and i mean i I hate playing (laughs) support a lot of the times because it's just it's a loveless job but i mean i I still have fun like i'll 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 play as like anna for like five matches in a row and i'll be like yeah hell yeah let's let's play another one let's go it'll be like (laughs) 
four in the morning. Like, come on, man, I need to get my Ana fixed. Let's fucking go. And <laughs> Overwatch is two is just uh, yeah, like like Matt said in the beginning with with randos, it sucks ass because you'll get somebody who's like who's like playing Genji. I only play all... Genji. Exactly what I was thinking was Genji. <laughs> And they'll, they'll go all the way into the enemy spawn, and then they'll just they'll die like sixteen times in a row. So you'll be out, you know, one damage <laughs> character, and uh, pisses yeah. me off so much. But it's so much fun when you had a good team. It's funny you say that you 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 hate playing support because it's thankless, and I'm like the exact opposite because I'm such a terrible support. shot. Like I'm such a <laughs> terrible shot, and my aim is so bad that like I can play Lucio, and my aim is irrelevant yeah. because I can just yep. heal everyone around me. Or even playing like characters that have more forgiving ways to heal like it, it, pretty much anyone except Ana, i can play and do a decent job healing and that's been a lot of fun um or even playing supports who are more shielding and light heals you yeah. know like brigitte and stuff but like i just i just i love that this game has a support and tank option because mm -hmm. those are less about making contact with the enemies and more about protecting or healing your team and i prefer that i used to play team fortress 2 all the time back in the day and like preferred nice. support and like characters who weren't just straight up dps i like playing straight up dps as well there are a ton of characters i really enjoy but like for me tanking and uh healing or support are better because people are more forgiving when you're playing those roles well because you don't have to kill people to be useful you can just support your team Yes, that is absolutely the best part about Overwatch is they basically have like a different styled character for however you want to play. Like if you're not good at aiming, you they've got characters for you. If you are good at aiming, they've got characters for you. I'm also bad <laughs> at aiming, so I love playing tanks because I, I still feel like I can actually help my team and make a difference even though I can't aim. And that is an incredible thing to have in a competitive multiplayer shooter. Yeah, 100%. And also like, look... I, am I disappointed that Overwatch 2 announced with a single-player campaign and we've still not really heard yeah, hide nor hair of it? about that. Like, I'm a little bummed because I love, like, we're not talking about it today, but I do love single-player and co-op-driven stories. And, like, I'm, yeah. I love the Overwatch world, so I'm excited to see more of it. But that said, them launching this version of Overwatch 2 so at least we can play with the new balances, the new skins, the redesigns, all of that stuff, and the new heroes has been great. It's not perfect. I agree. Like, I also miss loot boxes only because the new skins are so expensive. Yes. And with the loot box, you had a chance of getting one of those fancy skins by random accident, and we can't do that anymore. And so, like, also battle passes. Like, as much as I love multiplayer games, the modern need for battle passes are rough. Like, yeah. I feel like Fortnite's doing it best, and it's still not perfect. Um, yeah. But I don't like the Overwatch battle pass. I don't like the fall guys battle pass as much as i like fall guys like it's just i think that it's just something we've accepted in multiplayer gaming that i don't think is per se necessary i mean even halo infinite when it launched had a battle pass like it's just and they don't always work like the battle pass was also really bad for in the beginning for halo infinite among other things and so that's the thing i struggle with the most with this new version of overwatch is that it has a battle pass it's hard to get through it um, I've been lucky enough to get code for a few of the battle passes so I could cover it for the podcast, but like ultimately spending money on those things and not getting through them is the hardest part. Uh, I, I discussed this with Aaron in our private messages one time, but a battle pass in Overwatch especially doesn't make sense because most people have three, four, five characters that they play, but the battle pass is items from every character. So it's going to be like 
upwards of 80% things that you will never use or want. Yep. It just, yeah. it doesn't make sense in my eyes for that. And um, like yesterday I was playing with friends and I had completely forgotten about the battle pass. I clicked on it and I went up like 11 levels because I don't even look at it. It's not even, it's, I just don't Same. care about it at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how many fucking battle pass or, or I don't care how many uh, Junker Queen skins the battle pass tries to throw at me. I'm not going to play. If I'm going to play a tank, I'm going to play Winston or I'm going to play Sigma. Like, I, like it kind of maybe incentivizes other people to play different characters, but mm, not true. this guy because Sigma mm. rocks. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> One of my he, favorite tanks. He's so good, dude. Oh my gosh. I like every now and again, I'll, I'll play Winston depending on the map, but Sigma is just so versatile. Yeah. My my favorite thing about Overwatch is how like when it first launched the characters were pretty basic like uh, McCree has a roll a flash grenade and he shoots his gun real fast and then they <laughs> got Sigma where he's like he can put a shield wherever he wants he has a vortex that sucks in bullets and it gives him shield he can also throw a rock and it's like what this is a lot of stuff thrown at me yeah and then uh, then when Kiriko came out. I thought she was like the most complicated motherfucking thing at the time, <laughs> but so it's funny. like no, not really, no, no not really. <laughs> oh man, what's, what's next? Turn, right? Yeah, what's next yeah. for you, Matt? More games. So, <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about the Smash Brothers franchise, not just one yes. because, like, something there's an evolution of Smash Brothers that is both good and bad. And for so, sure. like, when when the first Smash Brothers came out on the N64, because I'm very old. Um, like it was so much fun to play locally and just play with four players and just knock around with these, whatever it was, eight characters, I think that were in it or however many, and it was a blast. And then like the next one came out on GameCube melee, which is still my favorite of all the games. Melee is my absolute favorite only second to uh, the Wii version. Cause that had subspace emissary, which is hmm. one of the best single player campaigns in any fighting yeah. game that <laughs> they will never do again. And it bums me out. Uh, but, like, I loved Smash Brothers because it was just a fun, good time with a bunch of friends in one room playing. When it shifted to online, especially very focusedly and sort of worked better on the Wii U and now the Switch, I almost never play in person anymore. And the online is still Nintendo's version of online, which is often broken or doesn't oh, work so as sad. smoothly as it so could. Sad. And, like, it's a bummer because, like, while the newest Smash Brothers has everything... And it's cool because literally every character that was in the game, plus all that DLC, it's like the definitive version of this game now. But I almost never play it because I can't. It's just to connect online with friends, like occasionally at a convention or something. Maybe we'll play locally with a bunch of friends, but it happens so rarely. It's just it, it's still easier, even with the shitty online system, to log online and play online. And I still do it from time to time or I'll do it when I stream or something. But like I just miss that core version of smash brothers in the uh n64 and gamecube era where it was just about getting in a room with a bunch of your friends and just beating the snot out of each other it was the best i referenced snake earlier but like snake a character that i am not good with i would just spend the entire time trying to put the remote mine on someone and then just let it bounce around a little as you fought until and just blow a random person up like it was that game was so much more fun for messing around and trolling and using characters that annoyed other people than actually being good at it yes um 
that said, I'm a top tier King DDD player, and I will destroy anybody Ooh. with him. He's my favorite. I just love that stupid penguin. He's, he's I'm a <laughs> big Kirby fan, and so uh, love love yes. love me some King DDD. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's kind of sad now that I don't play it as much. I don't even have the second like wave of DLC. I got the fir first full wave of DLC when the second wave came out, and like there are characters I like, like Sora in it, but. I, I, I was like, why would I buy this if I'm never going to play this game? Because I haven't yeah. really touched it in so long. That's yeah, yeah that's interesting. Because I, I guess I didn't even realize it, but I, I kind of feel the same way. We're like, growing up, I played Smash for fun. And now it kind of feels like even when I have family here, we play to win. There's yeah. like, no items or anything. And everyone's super Ugh. sweaty, just sweat going everywhere. <laughs> no items <laughs> but, drives me crazy. Like the I know, point it's, of the game is to I be know. ridiculous, right? I agree, but I'm outvoted every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> so Never I play run. as Little Mac. I just run around punching people like crazy because it's fun. <laughs> Whenever we go to like a friend's house, like we have, uh, I have a work buddy. I used to go to his house like all the time, pre-COVID, but um. Whenever we would go and hang out at a friend's house and play Smash Bros, we would do like only Pokeballs, Pokeballs only, goddammit. <laughs> and it would just be absolute fucking chaos, like Merrill. Yes, that's and so fun. Me Melee was really good. Like, Melee seemed like it was a lot more fast paced. I, I don't remember a whole lot about Melee, but I'm also very old, but yes. <laughs> we're, all, we're all ancient here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite. Oh, man. Um,. Sticking on the Nintendo train, I am an absolute fiend at Mario Party. I, oh, I knew it was coming. Adore yeah. Mario Party. I think it is a fun game. I know that everyone always talks about hating each other afterwards, but I, I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm the weird one, and everyone secretly hates me. No, that's probably <laughs> definitely what it is. But I have fun playing Mario Party. I love the mini games. I love the board strategy and, and the choices that you have to make that affect like how you win. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I look at it more like a sports competition than a, than a <laughs> fun party time. Cause I'm like strategizing all the time. Like if this person goes over here, then I need to do this. I need to hold this item for later to use when they go there. And I, I just love that. I love it. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun series. I've been playing it since the N64. And like, I thought that the third game, is where it peaked. I have played some of the more recent versions, and like I hear the one on the Switch is really good. I actually haven't picked that one up yet, but um, but I've always enjoyed them too. I think they're really just kind of ridiculous, and you can't really take them too seriously. I will threaten to kill someone though if they take my star <laughs> right before the round is about to end, because like if I'm in the lead, how dare you? Uh, oh but yes. but in all seriousness, I think it's it's a fun game, and like Nintendo is very good at making party games and very good at making cooperative like co cooperative competitive games and. Uh, I think Mario Party has had its ups and downs, but ultimately mm -hmm, is in a good mm -hmm. place now with the Switch version, and uh, and is ex it's just fun to play with your friends. It's a board game essentially, and it's yeah. just a blast. I'm absolutely one of those people that gets like, I guess I don't know if I'm just bad at Mario Party or if I just have the worst luck, but like we'll start off and I'll be on top of the fucking world like Scarface <laughs> style. I'll have everything like four stars enough coins to buy like a 2024 chevy whatever the fuck and then you know two rounds afterward i'll have just completely fallen from grace and i'll be like broken destitute like all, all my stars stolen somehow and coins lost and i'll just be sitting there like gr grumbling and like come on man like, you're it's... gonna steal more stars from me like i'm gonna build negative, negative four stars man <laughs> negative come on four stars <laughs> it's like i have to mortgage like, my house to pay for stars <laughs> It ends up being like like Survivor or Big Brother for me because I'll have to like 
make alliances with people be like please do please if you do not steal this last star from me like i'll help you get two stars from this other person over here like pl- please don't do it <laughs> like i'm like begging and on my knees please <laughs> it's it's interesting you mentioned the ups, ups and downs of mario party um the the first one for switch super mario party i believe they called it was yeah. kind of bizarre in that they like really really toned down the randomness and the swings like the items and stuff you could land on was very minimal. It was like, oh, you get five coins, you lose five coins. It was, and and they had each character had their own dice that or die, I guess, that had its own numbers, so you could strategize like that. It's like they wanted to take a Mario Party and make it serious, and I I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. That was probably one of my favorite ones. And then they did mario party superstars which is like the collection of n64 ones and they're like okay just go nuts just have all the fun you want we get it (laughs) i think that was one of the ones where i got the most angry especially on the uh what was the the slot machine one it was like you climb you go up like the yeah with the gumballs that's the one yeah that one i i always got screwed over on that's probably one of the worst maps from that one. Oh, and with <laughs> mario party superstars they added online they were like play against strangers online and i was like my time has come i'm going to climb to the top of the mario party leaderboards and be number one <laughs> and then they did the classic nintendo thing and didn't understand the assignment because what happens is you play your entire match and then at the end everyone taps a to applaud each other and then, like, say you applauded 20 times, you get 20 points to your score, and that's it. That's how they measure your oh. Mario Party success is just people wow. tapping A at the end. There's no leaderboard. There's no anything. It's just like, look, everyone applauded at the end. <laughs> Such a letdown. Bizarre. Well, Aaron, Aaron, you're yeah, right. Yeah, let's keep the Nintendo train rolling, dude. WarioWare. <laughs> this is a Nintendo yeah. podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> i swear i have non-nintendo ones but like, these are just the ones that like when i think of multiplayer games or like party games like this is the first one that comes to well, the ones that i've mentioned are, like the first ones that come to mind but well i guess this is my first nintendo one whatever scratch that wario <laughs> is just fun <laughs> especially the um uh the one on we what was it no it wasn't shake it i don't know the one on Wii was really good and the uh the one on the not the original one, but the one on the GameCube is also really good. But WarioWare is just good fun because like you'll you'll bring a newbie into it and you'll be like, all right, here's a controller. Uh, pick this map, pick this character. Okay, and then they are just like, what? Like, why is this so fast? What? Like, how do yeah, I? How do yeah. I? This isn't Mario Party. How do I learn the controls? And it's like, <laughs> isn't Mario Party. it's just it's it's chaos. You, it's like, did you lie to them and say you're gonna play Mario Party and then you can put WarioWare on? I should, but I haven't. <laughs> And then the, the little micro games are just so varied and so fun and just it never takes itself seriously. It's just so goofy and weird at times. And the uh, the one for Switch wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't too bad. I just, I, I prefer the, uh, I guess I'd say like the older style WarioWare. Yeah. Where like yeah. you don't control a character in the micro game. Like you're just, well, I mean, I guess you did before, but like you don't control your like player character, I guess would be the best way to say it. If yeah, that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it was it was an yeah. interesting idea that I don't think was balanced the way they wanted it to be. Yeah, I, I like WarioWare. My my gripe with it is that Wario Land existed before it, and they don't make enough of them anymore. Like yes. I love 
the Wario Land games, I will say it a million times, Wario Land 4 on the Game Boy Advance is one of the best action side-scrolling platformers ever made. Thank you, um, Matt. Uh, you know, and like I even Wario World on the GameCube is such an underrated gem. Also, yes. it's like, like, and so it's a like I love the WarioWare games. I think they're a cool idea. I love this idea of Wario being this twisted entrepreneur. Like it makes so much sense, but it's just a bummer because I loved those platformers, and we just don't mm. seem to like Shake It was even great on the Wii, though I didn't play all of it. Um, like I just wish we would get more of those. But yeah, the WarioWare games are fun. They're great for the chaos. Like that's the whole point, right? Is to kind of confuse and delight. <laughs> and then once like... they once they start speeding up, it's it's even more chaotic because like what I only have like 0.2 seconds to to jump this dude over this car or like to pick this dude's nose or something. <laughs> you you're totally right though about introducing people and I feel like you do need to have some section of your brain that understands video games cuz I gave it to a friend who wasn't much of a gamer and he just froze whenever everything yeah. popped on the screen he's like what do I do and I was like well it says go you go and he's like oh and then it's like 3 games later and he's like I don't understand and I'm like maybe let's try something else <laughs> start him off with adventure quest or something <laughs> yeah Matt, Matt, it's your turn. So I guess I'll keep the Nintendo train. Yeah, might, might as well. Um, I mean, anyone who listens to Fun and Games knows that me and Jeff are Nintendo fan, fan, fan obsessive. So like, it's just, it's it's in my wheelhouse. But uh, I've got to mention Mario Kart, right? Like mm, one of yep, the yep, yep. most famous racing games, let alone kart racers. And you know, I've been playing it since since back on the Super Nintendo. And while the Super Nintendo version was fun, kind of only two player and not really as interactive but once we get to the n64 and you can play four players and they have all these Hell, kinds yes. of modes like um i went back and played the n64 version recently it's still good but it's not great i mean i also i could take you to the church of double dash and how it's actually the best mario kart Ooh. game ever made uh most people underrate it but i think the tag team yeah. component was actually really interesting and fun um but you can't deny the impact of mario kart 8 deluxe right like yeah. it's the yeah. most it's one of the best selling games of all time it's gotten all of these different versions if you have the uh, upgraded version of the nintendo switch online expansion pass you get all of these extra tracks over the last year or two for free new characters all of that stuff i mean for free you know finger quotes you're paying for the service but like they, they've just taken this game that launched on on what was it the wii u and did well and then just re like just transformed it on the switch it wasn't it was just a port but it wasn't and then they just built on it and built on it and built on it and uh it's i think one of the most defining mario kart experiences whether it's the best or not is kind of irrelevant it's just definitely the most ubiquitous right if you have a switch likely you own mario kart 8 deluxe and, yes. and it's a blast it's a ton of fun to play that was uh that was the first game i bought for switch and it was like my go-to for because i was one of the earlier adopters so like when i had people over, like i was like you need to check this out and just switching it from tv to uh handheld mode and just showing the pretty graphics at 60 frames per second on the handheld was i just loved blowing people's mind with that back in the day and then we played mario party and have fun <laughs> and the uh the battle mode on mario kart 8 is still still just as fun as it all and the, I think it was on like the Wii U. It had like the the shitty. Wasn't it like when they brought the Switch? They actually fixed it to be like the the battle mode from that we all know and love with like the balloons and shit like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and I, I agree though. Double Dash is really really good. That was I have really fond memories of playing with my cousin and we would. What was it like? The person on the back would throw items and use like special items, and the person in the front mm -hmm. would drive, and that was just so 
cool. Like no other, no other racer had done that at all up, up until that point. Because I think Crash Tag Team Racing did that like a couple of years after, mm -hmm. I believe. I, I think so. Yeah. And Baby Park, I love Baby Park just because it's oh, maximum yeah. it's circles. chaos. Who doesn't love circles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no. Every strategy you have with Mario Kart goes out the window just because it's items flying all over the place and it's just constant dodging and chaos. I love it, yeah, especially it's if it's especially if it's double dash with like all the special moves. Because like what was it, uh, Wario and Waluigi? They could throw like just a shit ton of bob bombs everywhere, uh, or like if you're Yoshi or Birdo, they just spit a ginormous fucking egg out that explodes into more items, and that shit was so good. I didn't know that about double dash. And I even owned yeah. the game. I, I played very little of it because I didn't like it when I was younger. I'm sorry. Scoff. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I I don't have any more Nintendo games on my list, but I have a game that I play on the Switch. Does that count? Sure, why not? Okay. It's, if it's multiplayer, yeah. It is, yes. I, I am okay. talking about an indie darling to me, Heave Ho. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. I remember Heepo. I've not played it, but I've seen I've seen stuff about it. That it is the the one game more than any other that I've played that people just get and laugh and have fun with right from the get go. Um, this one I feel like I have to explain to listeners because I'm sure not everyone's heard of it. But it's like a like a a, a 2D platforming sort of thing, but everyone is like a ball with arms, and you control the arms with the stick and then you use the triggers to grip with your left and right hands and it's like an obstacle course where you have to go from one side of the screen to the other and there's there's traps there's spikes there's there's every all kinds of stuff in the way but it's cooperative i suppose because everyone has to make it to the end so you've got to grab each other throw them across dangerous gaps or swing with each other and let go and it's just endless fun trying to communicate be like toss me over the ridge i'm like i'm not gonna toss you over the ridge and then you toss them into the spikes and they explode and their blood flies everywhere it's it's colorful <laughs> blood it's like bright neon blood that it splatters on everyone <laughs> it's a it's a fun gross touch <laughs> but every every time we have friends over and we we introduce them no one knows what hevo is but when they play it's all they want to play from that point on nice i've been meaning to buy that game but that leads me into my into my next pick, which is my my actual non Nintendo or my first non Nintendo one, Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yeah, I love Ultimate Chicken Horse. Nice. It's so much fun, dude. And they keep adding more animals to it, which I guess it gives you more fucking goofy because co like each animal has their own goofy costumes and and that's super cool. But um, yeah, it's just so much fun to just like pick a random map and because like each map is um like, I guess like like the goal of Ultimate Chicken Horse is that the it's a platformer, but there's no platform. We start with no platforms. You have to like basically pick an item and place it in a spot. And the the point is to get from from the start to the finish. And like the first person to get to the goal gets the most points and all this shit. But you have to like work with your enemies essentially to place items so that you guys can get from the start to the finish. But you know if you're if you're playing with like absolute bastards, you know they'll <laughs> they'll put like they'll they'll glue uh, what is it like one of those paper airplane machines to like uh, one of those constantly spinning platforms or like they'll throw a uh, one of those machines that shoots flaming uh, baseballs at, you know, like wherever the fuck the, the finish is. So there's like absolutely no way to finish. And it's just, it's, it's the best kind of chaos. It's, it's only like $15 and it's on like every system. And if you have friends that come over and you want to just, 
go fucking crazy and just and just be stupid playing multiplayer games it's it's so much fun yes the the idea that you want to make the level easy enough for you to finish but difficult enough for no one else to finish is such a fun idea to try and navigate and to try and 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 figure out how to do and when you're first playing the game and you don't know what any of the items are just throwing them in the level and seeing what they do just causes so much fun and laughter like the first time we put the the hockey puck shooting thing out there we're like i don't know what this is yes. but let's see what it does and just smack someone in the head and they fall off the edge and die and it's just fun times galore <laughs> and you just make these like little death fortresses that yeah. are it, it's like uh it's like a level from celeste or like super meat boy where you have to be precise with your jumps and oh my god and the levels are super creative too because there, there's one that's like a mini golf course and what is it you have to go you have to go over this pyramid and then there's like this sphinx that's like always raising its arms mm, or something mm -hmm. or like there's this one where you're underneath this cliff and or you start up underneath the cliff or cliff i don't know whatever the levels are cool just buy the game just buy it <laughs> trust us trust us we're professional <laughs> podcasters that's right aaron said so it's true <laughs> Uh, well, I think sticking with the theme of more indie style and more uh, unique multiplayer games, I have to shout out Killer Queen Black. Um, yes! Killer Queen Black is a game that I actually played first in an arcade. We have a, uh, an arcade bar in uh, New York called, in Brooklyn, I believe, it's called Wonderville, and they only have indie arcade games. They don't Ooh. have any, like, mainstream arcade games. That's cool. There's Apparently, the indie arcade scene is a really big deal, uh, which I had not really known, and it's the first time I played Killer Queen Black. It's now available on the Switch, of course, and I think maybe Steam. Um, but it, it's it's an incredible game where uh, teams compete against each other as either a queen bee or the workers, and there are different ways you can win, either by moving this like snail-like creature across the room, uh, plucking these like berries beads out of the wall, or or I think it's delivering the berries. I can't remember which. It's been a bit since I played. Like, there are all these different win conditions, and you only have to complete one of these various tasks, and uh, or I think you kill the queen a certain amount of times. And uh, it's just really a lot of fun. It's just kind of really chaotic, and, like, there's a lot of strategy involved because you want to protect the queen, yet you also want to work on these tasks and, uh, you know, and stop other people from doing their tasks. And uh, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, it, and to play something like this as an arcade game and then see it come to home console after was really neat because that doesn't happen as much anymore, no, right? Most, not at all. Most arcade games, like you think Street Fighter and other fighting games, they kind of come out day and date, right? Or sort of simultaneously. Like maybe there's a difference of a little bit of time, but for the most part, latest Street Fighter hits arcades and consoles at the same time, even sometime the consoles first. And so it's fun to have played this a multiplayer game a bunch at this local indie arcade and then get to play it online after the fact it's a lot of fun if you haven't checked it out i highly recommend it yeah it's just full of neat ideas that it's a that it's a big old yeah. arcade game that it's got all those interesting mechanics and, and different jobs i guess essentially you can do it's really it's one of the those you could just tell they thought from top to bottom how to make it as good as they can i guess nice what about uh yeah, what, what about you, Tom? What about You're me? Next? Yeah. It's Are you next? Okay. Yes, I am next. Um, let's theme continuation, indie games, uh, Gang Beasts. Yes. I love Gang Beasts. Oh. It's, this, this is the game where <laughs> you control 
blobby people and punch each other <laughs> and try and throw them off of stuff. <laughs> and, oh uh, yes. It was a big hit at my bachelor party. <laughs> because nice. that's what we did for my bachelor party was play video games of course um, hell yeah and uh it's just man i don't even no, the controls don't make the most sense which makes it more fun it's everyone just kind of figuring out because the triggers grab and punch so you have to try and somehow figure out how to grab people and punch them at the same time is just a lot of screaming a lot a lot of screaming and and people hanging off of edges and, and trying to pull people around. And it's got ridiculous costumes. Like there's my favorite one is it's like a old timey wrestler where he's got the, the one piece wrestling thing. And as you're running around, his hair piece keeps flopping all around the place. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, I, I keep saying this, I feel like, but it's just pure fun. And I really enjoy it. Um, I will say though, do not buy the switch version. It has, tons of game breaking bugs i don't want to like just say bad things about a game because i know that people made it and stuff but we had like game breaking things and we had a person online somehow join our local multiplayer game what the hell yeah all sorts of weird things but everywhere else i'm sure it's really really good and really fun hell yeah is uh are we halfway through are we still pretty early on we're definitely not early on i i think we i think it's time for an ad break okay We'll be right back. Coming this fall to CBS, it's Generic Spy Show. Jack Maxim is a normal everyday citizen by day, but at night he's the world's premier super spy. He's got gadgets and gizmos like a watch that does stuff that a watch doesn't normally do, like toast a bagel or give you sweet tips about Magic the Gathering. Oh, and he has a cool car. It's like a McLaren or Aston Martin or something fancy. Did I mention that Jack has a British accent? because he does, and it makes him sound charming and cool. Also, Jack's car can transform into a submarine and a motorcycle and other cool stuff you wouldn't expect from a car. Oh, and there's another spy and their rivals, and they compete with each other to see who's the best super spy and sometimes learn cool life lessons to help each other, and they high-five and hug. Jack Maximum is a real ladies' man. Here he is at a bar drinking a scotch. Now there's a lady. He says some slick one-liner, and now they're kissing and having sex. Oh yeah. Generic spy show. Coming this fall to CBS or whatever the hell I said at the beginning. Can't believe they don't advertise more television shows on podcasts. This is we did it so well. We did it first here, folks. You you heard it. And we're back. We're back. Aaron. Aaron, it's your turn. More games. I need more games. Okay. Here's another indie one. Crawl. Probably nobody's play, uh, heard or played of this, but uh, it's, it's what is it? So it's four players, uh, one person. Oh, how the fuck do I explain it? So so one person plays like an actual human, like hero character. And it's, it's a dungeon crawler. So like it's like Zelda, Zelda style. You go from like room to room and you clear the room of enemies and shit like that. And there's traps and all sorts of stuff. So so one person is like the, the hero um, human character. But then the three other people are monsters and you can, uh, I guess, like over the course of the game, you you can evolve your monster and change it into like different forms and stuff and gain different powers. And the um, the player who plays the human, that you know, they stay relatively the same. Like every every so often, they'll come across like a shop and they'll get a new weapon or armor. Or, like like they'll level up. And and then there's like there's crazy boss battles where like I remember one was like a, a 
think it was like a four-headed hydra or something like that and then uh, on top of that of course your your homies that are playing with you uh, there are other monsters and they're trying to like I, I forget what the fuck the monsters even were i know there's like one where it's like a like a witch and you just you can shoot like a like a freeze spell at somebody and, and you can freeze them in place and then you can just be an asshole and freeze somebody let, let them get hit by the boss and die and it's it, it i don't do it enough justice it's a really really fun game it's uh what 15 dollars on on switch and like everything else what's it called crawl c-r-a-w-l crawl crawl yeah Interesting. it's very pixely too i, I should say but yeah it's, oh, it's you, you love pixels it's great they're real chunky and what is it you 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 don't choose like a specific monster you choose like a family of monsters and like every so often you'll uh you'll level up your monster into like a bigger form of it and it just gets fucking crazier and crazier and it's so much fun dude neat yeah neat neato super duper mad do you do you have a neat game I do. Uh, so this one started as indie, but I don't even know if we can call it any indie anymore. But I remember playing a little game called Fall Guys at PAX yeah. East 2020, I think, is the first time I got my hands on it. They were there. And, uh, of course, now they're part of the Epic family of games and are on literally everything. But, um, yeah, Fall Guys was this game. Is this game, for those who haven't played it, it's kind of like the competition show Wipeout and the like, where it's like contestants are competing to get to the end and the top ones compete for a crown to win victory and then do it all again and you play as these adorable wobbly little beans that you can dress up in all these different costumes and uh it's all these like kind of biathlon events where you're like jumping over stuff and running past things and trying not to get knocked off stuff and it's so much fun i mean i feel like everyone's heard of fall guys by now and it was one of those games that i really like because Battle Royales are tough for me. I ended up really learning to love Fortnite, as I said earlier. But most of the other ones, especially the really, like, skill-based ones, I just, I can't do. Like, I'm just not talented enough. I'm not skilled enough. Uh, but Fall Guys is so, so much luck as it is skill that it's just fun. And also, it's so funny to watch these dopey little characters get knocked yes. all over the place. They are adorable-sounding and looking uh and uh and it's been a bunch of fun to play uh you know i i don't play it as much now as i used to but i always try and jump in a couple matches every so often i have it installed on my switch and on my pc and on my playstation so i can play wherever um it's really really a blast uh it, it, it's just what if we made something like what if we took what teenagers considered stupid fun in video <laughs> games like goofing off and being ridiculous and then just turn it into a game like the mallet area where like you have to like get not get knocked off like it's just it's all just really goofy fun and uh a way to compete and still have a good time without like getting really sweaty about it and really competitive about it that said if i'm in like the final 10 then things start to get sweaty then i'm like really actually competing <laughs> and get pissed off when i lose yes i was gonna say <laughs> aside from the last stage it's one of those games that is somehow fun even when you lose just because when yeah. you do lose it's it's always in the most ridiculous way just getting flung around, bounced around, can't even walk anymore. Good um, times, indeed. So my phone locked, so I had to reopen it. Oh, uh, uh, I really enjoy Among Us. Or enjoy yeah. Among Us. There you go. That that was a a really unique. Well, I don't know about unique premise because I those kinds of detective things games have existed before, but they they really struck they really struck being able to get people who don't usually play games to play it like my biggest memory was 
getting a group of people on discord and it was like people everyone had never used discord before it was like friends of friends brothers and sisters of friends so everyone was introducing and you lost track of who everyone was immediately afterwards because it was just this big collection of people who just wanted to play among us and then the game actually starts and it's a bunch of people trying to lie to each other and, and figure out who did it who didn't do it trying to make alliances and it's just such a unique experience especially the fact that it is strictly multiplayer and and i just i i don't like lying in real life i try <laughs> i try to never ever lie because i want to be a trusted person and then in among us i just felt like i was too good at lying sometimes <laughs> yeah i love that game my favorite story about it that they've told is essentially it was like it had been out for a long time yeah, that's before right. it caught on in the pandemic. And like the devs were thinking about what they were going to do next. They were possibly going to do Among Us 2 or try a different game. And then some street people started streaming it. It caught on and then it blew up. And like now they just continue to build out for it. And like um, I had this great chat with Victoria Tran, who is the community manager and does mm. so much other stuff over at um, Inner Sloth. And she just talked about how it became a living meme almost at one point and like still is. And like she was playing it with AOC and Jimmy oh, Fallon. Yeah, and like, right. it's just one of those things that like grew even beyond, like it just, it, it's that rare status where games become ubiquitous. And that doesn't happen often. Like Super Mario as a character is pretty ubiquitous, but not every Mario game is ubiquitous, right? In the mm -hmm. way that like Super Mario Brothers is. But this game, like, like it was in the the Knives Out sequel, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just everywhere, and everyone knows what it is, even if they don't really play it. And I and it's just those kinds of games were always fun. I enjoyed playing them with friends. I don't really play with random people because the point is lying to your friends, convincing yes, your friends, absolutely. and tricking your friends. That's the fun <laughs> part. Like, right, is duping your friend, getting them to trust you, and then be, going into a corner and eating them. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it really is a delightful game. Um, I have I read Among Us Bean. Uh, the listeners can't see it, but I have a ton of, like, plushes and other things, and I have a read Among Us Bean because I love those little beans. Um, it's just it's a delightful game. Like, as long as you're in for it, right? If you're stressed out by lying and trying to hide stuff, then probably not for you, but otherwise it's a blast. Hell yeah. I remember the first time I... I saw or heard of that game was from a uh they're a youtube group i used to watch a lot of funhouse they, they were playing it and this was like during the the covid pandemic and over the last like couple of years uh, if, for my job uh we do tech support for like projectors and shit like that so over like black friday especially like they'll they'll run a skeleton crew because it gets really slow over here and by skeleton crew i don't mean like we're actual skeletons like they'll have oh like, dang oh like, damn have, it <laughs> yeah, they'll cut the staff down to like maybe maybe seven people or less um but yeah usually for black friday we'll, we'll play it we'll play a game like a couple times we played uh, among us and it was a, a hoot and a holler and yeah among us is it's great it's very fun I'll, I'll never forget the the sigh that my brother-in-law made after i had lied to him the whole time and i won because i was the killer and just that <gasps> and i was like i'm sorry i had to <laughs> speaking of games that'll uh let me play fuck i'm gonna redo that <laughs> speaking of games that'll completely tear the family apart overcooked baby oh my gosh yeah. yes that's a good one i uh I, I get way i guess we all get way too mad at that game but like yeah it's it's one of those games that 
I guess you, you don't just play it for comfort or anything like that. It's challenging <laughs> as fuck. And like, you have to delegate roles. Otherwise like shit just goes nowhere. Like you got to have one person washing dishes and bringing them back to the plate spot. You have to have one person or two people cooking, depending on the map or like one person basically expediting the dishes, like bringing them to the, where you put them to go and shit like that. And yeah, it's uh, me and my brother-in-law and our sister and her, uh, my sister-in-law, her sister, whatever, um, we would get together a lot and play that, and we would all just get super pissed, and it was fun. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Matt. I was just gonna say no. I was thinking I was gonna say the same thing as you. I can't play that game. Like I've played it, and I, <laughs> I like I sort of have fun, but like I just I can't grok it. I just can't make my fingers do the things my brain wants it to do, and I just we suffer as a result i mean it's usually <laughs> very funny but it gets old pretty quick yeah, yeah yeah i i i love my wife dearly but we cannot we cannot play overcooked it <laughs> it just causes problems marital discord <laughs> and we we have her, her brothers over a lot to play too and whenever we there's all like you like aaron said you delegate tasks you give people jobs but i swear every time someone tries to help out by going and doing <laughs> helping someone else with their job then their job isn't getting done it's just a cascading thing and everyone's yelling oh. at each other every time literally every, every time, time. Nope. Mm -hmm. like yeah. i don't care if if you want to help like run ingredients to the cooks or, or or you know do whatever just like get the fuck out of my zone <laughs> especially in in maps that are like really restricting like i remember there's one map where it was like did one big like square counter in the middle and then there were like um uh what, what are the escalators on the floor called again um oh like conveyor belts maybe yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. escalators yeah, the, on the floor my bad <laughs> yeah the uh conveyor belts on the floor so they're like they're constantly moving and shit and the the hallways were super like you can only fit one person in there at a time there's no going around anybody and people would try to like uh run dishes to the sink or like leave you know their food on the stove and go you know run a run a dish out somewhere it's like no that one's burning go the fuck back no you can't go around <laughs> stop stop like just go back <laughs> it it makes me a bad person, but like sometimes I'll get mad enough where I'll just start picking vegetables up out of the crate and just throwing it on the ground until there's a pile <laughs> of them and the game is running worse because it's got too many things on the screen. That's how we throw them. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh boy. Matt, take us out Matt, of here. Matt, please bring me something <laughs> positive. So I, I'm. It's funny, like we were talking about all these different like indie games and smaller games, and I think like some of my fondest memories of playing random indie games that are multiplayer have has been a recent thing right like mm -hmm. i feel like it's it's it it, it caters to some yeah. of the smaller and more unknown games growing up but like i love that there's so many of these kind of weird and wacky indie games that we can play that are all a ton of fun that are oh, yeah. mostly competitive but in a good way um i feel like i'd be remiss though if i didn't mention some of the games from my past that like i just played all the time like we haven't, we didn't, we, I told a, a, an anecdote, but like Halo and Halo's multiplayer mm -hmm. is so key to my development. And specifically, I want to shout out Halo Reach um, because I feel like the Halo Reach multiplayer oh, yeah. introduced the special items and like the abilities. Like it's when it went to that next level. And I think that Halo Infinite's multiplayer at its best is capturing that feeling or the Master Chief yeah. collection once they fixed it. Um, 
and like also tie in Destiny's multiplayer yeah. as well. We're not talking about competitive games. We're like Destiny's competitive multiplayer feels like Halo multiplayer yes. and it's fun. And while I don't play a lot of it, I do love playing it. I mostly play Destiny to do the co op stuff with yeah. other folks, but like that kind of bungee specific competitive yep. multiplayer yep. I grew up on. And, you know, I think to kind of wrap up the first person shooter. Uh, connection i have to really shout out the first first person shooter i ever played multiplayer which is of course goldeneye 64 <laughs> on oh, yeah. the n64 there's something about playing four player goldeneye and just the the trouble you could get into the fun you could have playing <laughs> odd job or jaws my my favorite thing is we made up a mode called uh terminator mode someone would play odd job and max out their health, like double it, because you could change the health values and make them take less damage. And everyone else would have rocket launchers. <laughs> and it would be the three of you versus this one person to try and like the Terminator wins if he kills everybody. The everyone else wins if they kill the Terminator. Like we just created our own game modes before they even existed. And then of course, license to kill slaps only where we just run around trying to punch each other. Like it, it, there, there's something about that game that, I think just redefined how we think about yep. first person shooter multiplayer games, especially since it was the progenitor to Halo and everything that came after. Like that kind of stuff existed online. We had Doom and Unreal Tournament, but no one had thought about console multiplayer games yes, split yes. screen in that way. And uh and and I loved the time I spent with Goldeneye. One quick anecdote is I used to play with four friends of mine, my friends Roy, Jay, and Gil. And Gil was the non the unstoppable force amongst all of us like we would all play and he was just the best player hands down and he would do this thing where he wouldn't kill you until you ran out of bullets he would wait until you missed every <laughs> shot and then, he would, and then he would say click 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 and then pop you <laughs> it was made me so angry through many a controller like but he was so good and this is my favorite thing to remember though because he was just such a good player and i haven't spoken to gill in years i don't even know if he still plays games but like i remember growing up and it was just so infuriating to play against someone <laughs> that conceded but it was funny uh and yeah i just i love golden eye and i haven't revisited it since they re-released it on the uh nintendo uh switch online and on xbox but i do want to revisit it i remember loving that campaign it was like the most basic ass thing but but I loved it. It's just, it was such a fun game. And it was the first time, like, you kind of saw people in a video game, right? They were blocky, yeah. rounded, fisted people. But, like, <laughs> they, they looked like the characters in a way that they just really hadn't before. Really fucking, really just, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Tommy, uh, take us. I can't remember the word I'm looking for. I was just going to say, I love how menacing um, your friends are. And they're so good at, at lines like that like the click click yeah. and the dunk song whenever i try and talk tough to my friends when i'm playing i'm like just sit down and eat your lunch <laughs> it's, it's never good i mean it was never good for me either again it was <laughs> my true. friends who pulled that shit off not me so let's let's stick with first person shooters i'm gonna make a very wide left turn and i want to talk about battlefield 3 <laughs> holy nice. shit <laughs> throwback I yeah yeah Battlefield Three was the first uh first person shooter multiplayer thingy that I got into that was back in college, and uh, I my two roommates were like the two people that weren't into modern warfare Black Ops at the time. They're like, dude, you gotta play Battlefield. It's so much better than Call of Duty. And I'm like, 
okay, uh, the entire world seems to disagree with you, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved it. They were totally right. There's specifically Battlefield Three has such a feeling that I just haven't been able to replicate with anything else, even like future Battlefields that have come out because it's just a big open sandbox and and before those kind of existed really like the call of duties at the time were more corridor based and more reflex based where battlefield was like there's tanks everywhere there's helicopters jets you can be whatever class you want to be and and help your team that way like you can be a medic and just run around healing people or or you can be an anti-aircraft person run around trying to destroy vehicles it was very free form and and the flow of battles was so fun too there was um a mode called rush where one team is attacking and one is defending and you have to plant a bomb on an objective. And, and then once you do that, you go on to the next one. And it just felt like almost like a, I don't know, like a football game where everyone's trying to just push each other back and push each other forward. And you try and find different routes, you try and do different strategies. And it's, it's just the, the maps were so fun because there was tons of different, you could, you could, fly a jet and just crash it into people and jump out at the last second you could blow up an entire building with a tank and kill everyone in it it just had such a variety of things to do and and that was mind-blowing back then and like i said i still haven't found anything to match that feeling but the the developers of those battlefields have a game coming out soon called the finals that i am really keeping my eye on you're telling me you're not into that uh one battlefield that they basically made into overwatch or whatever <laughs> Oh, you mean 2042 or some shit? Man, I just, they took everything that the community didn't want and put it in a game. <laughs> they, removed, I... they removed classes. There's no no classes, which is like the pillar of Battlefield. My favorite thing ever is, I forget which episode it was that you brought this up on, but you were telling the story of it. And like the whole community was like, hey, we don't want this. We don't. And then the developers were like, hey, we hear you. Yes. But there's more. <laughs> the thing with Battlefield is everyone is a faceless soldier. It's just supposed to be an army against an army. It's just a mass of humans trying to accomplish a goal. And then with Battlefield 2042, they're like, we got specialists. We got characters like Ranger. We got uh, uh, Spec Ops. They all have their special names and abilities. And everyone's like, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want. We just want to be the faceless soldier. And and they came out with a dev thing that was like, we hear your feedback, but we just want you to know that we think you're really going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we hear what you're saying, but also fuck you. <laughs> this is our game. And, we're going to we're gonna do exactly what we want, regardless of what you we, think. Because we can sell skins <laughs> with these. <laughs> and even, I don't mean to, again, I don't like being mean to games, but like one of the first skins they had for a character was a Santa Claus outfit, and the community was so mad. Which like every other, like Fortnite has the most wild, crazy skins, and everyone saw this Santa skin and was like, "No, we just want to be a soldier." <laughs> and they removed it. They removed it from the game. We we're like, we understand now. <laughs> oh my god, I love these these wild ass stories. Hey, we put we put Rambo in like uh Call the of Duty. TX four. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. And Battlefield is like, no Santa outfit, only soldier. <laughs> Speaking of Santa Claus, let's talk about Bomberman. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. That's 
I have a lot of fond memories of I, there. There were two Bombermans on the 360 back in the day, and I forget which one it was that I played the most. But I mean, they're they're both pretty identical. Um, first off, it was cool as hell that you could actually customize your Bomberman and put like different little antennas or different helmets. You have them half cowboy, half clown afro, and mm-hmm. you know he has like robot boots or something cool. And, and yeah, Bomberman is just it's the wildest, wackiest shit because like. It'll be this big old maze, and you can pick up... I mean, you, you can turn off power-ups, but anybody that plays without power-ups is a total masochist. Like, they, they don't enjoy mm. fun. You don't know what fun is. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the power-ups would be, like, there's one that increases your movement speed. Uh, there's one for what's called fire-up, which basically increases, like, your blast radius, essentially. And then there's just a bunch of other shit. There's one called Dangerous Bomb that, like, goes through the, um, I guess, like, the walls and structures and shit like that. And the uh, what we what we what we used to call the bread and the butter would be um would be like fire up max and then the dangerous bomb so that your your blast radius would be fucking ginormous go through everything you basically uh, carpet bomb the play the whole playing field and it was just my god anyway I think it went up to like eight people so when you had eight people on this tiny fucking maze it was just absolute chaos and you'd be like screaming at each other <laughs> but I mean it it was still still super fun i had a lot of fun with that and bomberman Battlefest. there we go that was the one i played the most of they have um a couple on switch i think like super bomberman r was the one that was available at launch that one was pretty good but they're all they're all good play a bomber play a bomberman if you haven't hey that's yeah. me i haven't yeah play um, bomberman my, tommy my fondest memory of bomberman was bomberman 64 said that single player campaign that was a ton of fun and the multiplayer was yeah. still a blast uh, we don't talk about Bomberman Zero, though. We pretend that one that one didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that one was just so, so left field. So it was, yeah. What if we made this light and fun Japanese game gritty and real? <laughs> oh, God, I hate the video game industry sometimes. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I loved, I love Bomberman. I think there's just something kind of classic about it. You know, that kind of like grid based combat and the power-ups and all that yeah i love those games there's just there's there's i guess i wouldn't say oh i guess there's a little bit of strategy to it because like you have to time your bombs just right so that you know when when the opponent is in a certain area you blast the piss out of them and like yeah i I can't it's just it's just fun fun and the embodiment of fun to be honest nice over to you matt all right um so I have to shout out this game just because anyone who is a fan of the stuff that I do, if I don't mention Shovel Knight at least once per Mm. podcast, like I have to hit my quota. And it wasn't enough that the brilliant people at Yacht Club Game gave us like multiple incredible campaigns, including the original Shovel of Hope and then three other campaigns. Um, But then they also added, and this was all part of the stretch goals from the original Kickstarter, a Smash Brothers-like competitive multiplayer mode where you can play as every night. Um, It's so much fun. Like, obviously, it's way more simplistic than Smash Brothers, but it's the same kind of tenets. You have abilities, and, you know, it's the different platforming and combat, and it's just a blast. Like, it's it's playing... What if Smash Brothers was on the Super Nintendo, essentially? And and I love it. I wish I got to play it more, but whenever I have friends over who are a fan of Shovel Knight, I'm like, oh, we got to play Shovel Knight Showdown. 
Um, I really love it. I think it's just, it shows how versatile the team over at Yacht Club Games is. It's no secret they're one of my favorite development studios and uh, really excited for Mina, hopefully yeah. this year. Um, if you want to hear, I did a great interview with them back at PAX West last year. I'll probably be talking to them again at PAX East this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love Shovel Knight Showdown. I just think it's so fun. Whenever you get to play as the bad guys, like it was fun yes. in the campaign, but that's to play all the other nights that you couldn't play there aren't, isn't a campaign for. It was just so much fun. Um, I love the other Shovel Knight. I can't remember his name now. The one with the, the snow shovel. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but like he's always fun to play as because he's just a big bruiser character kind of thing. And yeah, it's great. If you've not played Shovel Knight Showdown yet or haven't bought the Treasure Trove, which why? Uh, definitely pick it <laughs> up sorry and play that. that. <laughs> just Shovel Knight's the best game ever. Anyway, it is. Uh, it, but, uh, but, but definitely go play Shovel Knight Showdown. It's a ton of fun if you like indie uh, multiplayer competitive games. Oh my God. Especially the King of Cards expansion, because you get that sweet, sweet card game, Joustus. Oh my oh god, god, Tommy. I, I I said when that came out, I'm not playing another card game. I've been burned <laughs> by too many Final Fantasy games. I'm done. And then I played it once and went, oh no, this is bad. I really <laughs> oh, like no. this. And 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 to yeah. be clear, I'm someone who played Magic the Gathering growing up. You know, I've played other card-based games. Like I like card bat battlers. I just refused to get involved, and then I did. I ended up one night playing it for like four hours. I was like, God damn it. There's Go ahead, oh, I was gonna say that's Aaron and I are, are card game fiends. It's like we have a, a square-shaped hole in our brains, and card games are square shapes. <laughs> they just fit in there perfectly, and and we just can't stop. <laughs> Welcome to the family, Matt. You're one <laughs> of us now. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Were you gonna say something, Aaron? I was just gonna say, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yes. Oh, I guess. And it's also super cool. It reminds me a lot of like the uh, yeah, like like Matt said, the Final Fantasy card games, because there was a lot of a lot of cards based on like enemies from the game and then like bosses like they have cards for like uh polar knight and like propeller knight and shit like that and you can like build a deck based on certain strategies because there were different card abilities to god damn it it's so i don't want to play tomorrow <laughs> I, know. I know i was no same thing i was like man i really got to play battlefield now <laughs> <laughs> oh man i have one game left on my list yeah you guys can say another one if you'd like but um i want to end it with with I guess what I consider like my baby for multiplayer games and destiny. Ooh. I, I, man, nothing has been, I kind of like Battlefield three. I haven't experienced anything like playing through the first destiny again, because it was just such a cool, unique world. It was like one of the, I don't want to say it was the first, but it was one of the first to have like open worlds that you would see other players going and doing their own thing and like random people, like if you did like a, a, an, a what do they call it? a community event or whatever on a place that randomly popped up, other people could run in and help you. And I also played it with a college friend and a random person that we met that we would just join up on a fire team every night to, to just go and do strikes and adventures and stuff. And it was, I haven't experienced that before where you meeting someone random on a video game and, and just becoming friends with them and and learning about their life and stuff and and so that was a really cool thing to experience and i just loved the world i love exploring i love the lore i spend too much time at work reading destinypedia and no one has said anything yet so i'm going to keep doing it until they tell me not to <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah Des destiny is one of those games that i 
I jumped into the first one as the Taken King came out and I became mm. obsessed. Like I missed it in the beginning. I just wasn't playing a lot of online games. And then the Taken King came out and I discovered how good the multiplayer was. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And so I played Destiny 2 at launch and played it for a while and fell off. And of course, with as of when we're recording the recent passing of Lance Riddick, I yep. played a bunch the other day, um, you know, the voice of, um, of Zavala. But uh, but yeah, it's it's some of still the tightest gun combat in gaming, and definitely some of the tightest competitive multiplayer in gaming as well. Have you have you played since I I think it might have been a year ago now where they changed it to actually have background MMR to match you up with people who are at your skill level? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went back after that and I was like, oh, this is like a totally this is how I wanted it to feel. I'm not getting crushed. I actually feel like I have a chance against people because they they at least for the few times i played i was like this is people at my skill level yay i'm having yeah <laughs> exactly i missed the original destiny I, I played i played the absolute piss out of the first one with um my brother Devin and a good buddy of mine jared who uh shout out to him he was in the games we want remastered episode with nave and we played like every expansion every raid and all that shit that came onto the first destiny and then the second one came along and it it just wasn't the same. It didn't hit the same for us, mm -hmm. but it was, just, yeah, it was a special game. Yeah, I miss, I, oh man, I miss the lucky raspberry, the best fucking armor or whatever for the hunter and, or, yeah, hunter, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Red Death, that was my favorite gun in Destiny One. Loved my Red Death. But yes, Destiny Two is so bloated, so extremely bloated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> far too much. Oh. I, I go back to it like every two years I play Destiny two for like six months. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how it worked for me. Like uh, when um, was it Lightfall was the new is the newest one, right? Yes. There was there was the there was the 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 Fallen Queen or whatever was the last one before that, and then whatever was before before that. That's when I bought the last expansion i bought and played the hell out of it when you got the new like um stasis class and yeah stuff. new light new light and and i loved that expansion i had a blast with it um and then tried to go back and play the story stuff that i missed but they had shelved some of it and <laughs> yeah. like my biggest problem with destiny is that you can't play the entire narrative from start to finish yeah, which is it's a so bummer. bizarre <laughs> it's just a bummer and and i get why right they built this game on servers and tech that d they like and if they were to upgrade all of the tech they could keep everything but that would also be an insane cost that would could tank the game so i get the logic behind it but it's just a bummer because i also love bungie's storytelling and a lot yes. of the destiny story is really interesting and the fact that we can't play through destiny one and two straight through as a single player narrative is a bummer because i, I would do that right because that's what i played the halo games for you know yep. was the story so yeah yeah yeah, it's it's crazy to me that I bought Destiny two and I bought the first expansion and none of that exists anymore. <laughs> the, yep, the campaign correct. from Destiny two and the first expansion are yeah. just non-existent. Um, yep. However, if you want to play Destiny one, those servers are still up and you can give That's them a, a twenty dollar bill to play Destiny one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Twenty dollar bill. Yeah, it's not free to play like Destiny two is. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, uh, I don't have any more. Um, oh, I'm okay. All. Matt, did you have I, any more? Right out. I, I do have one more. Yeah. It's a classic. We got to go way back. Uh, one of the first competitive multiplayer games I ever played 
as I said before, Activision Blizzard has their problems. I'm acknowledging that, and I know. I only sound exhausted not because I don't want to talk about it, but because I'm still talking about it. Um, yeah, just how shitty Bobby Kotek is and all of them over there. But anyway, um, that aside, StarCraft is one of the first Ooh. PC games I ever played. Uh, I did play the Red Alert series and some other turn-based stra uh, like strategy games, uh, real-time strategy games, rather. But StarCraft was one of the first competitive multiplayer games I ever played. Um, I played as the Zerg almost exclusively, and I played it a lot. It was one of the earliest online games I played. And when I wasn't doing custom co-op maps based on Dragon Ball Z, I'm not kidding, Ooh. with my friends, uh, I was playing competitive multiplayer and devouring people with Zerg rushes and Zerg rushes alone. Um, the complete panic that other players would get when they built up these incredible units, these the, they, they leveled up everything so they get the best kind of unit and I would just send a hundred Zerg at them and destroy everything like a termite swarm. It was, it was, I never got bored of it. Um, I wish StarCraft 2 was better. I did enjoy what I played of it, but the, the online just wasn't the same and the narrative was fine, but it just wasn't as good as that first game. I love StarCraft and all of its expansions um, and I played it a ton. Uh, it was my earliest days playing real-time strategy, my earliest days playing online against other humans uh, and just praying that I wasn't playing against a Korean champion player ha. who would just wipe the floor with me every time. Uh, this is not being facetious. Uh, it was a competitive sport over there. I don't know if it still is, but it was at one point. Um, yeah, I just, I love StarCraft. I love the lore. I love the world. And I loved playing multiplayer. Uh, I hope to go back to it sometime. I did never finish the story in StarCraft II. I played the first story. I got the second expansion, but I never bought the third expansion. Uh, but there are days where I do crave the original StarCraft experience, and I will uh, every so often uh, boot up StarCraft Remastered, uh, which thankfully is not as bad as WarCraft Three Remastered and huh. is actually playable. Nice. That's a, that's oh, yeah. a good one to end on. I like that. Um let's uh let's start the 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 rundown uh matt thank you thank you for being on this podcast you are you're very knowledgeable and and i feel like you had like somehow insight into both of our brains because you kept saying things that we like <laughs> it's just it's a my magic ability um thank you for having me i've been a fan of the show for a while i'm glad that we connected on the podcast community server that we're in and uh oh, yeah. it's been really nice to get to know y'all and everyone else over there and uh yeah you, you I, I really dig the show, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yay. Nice. Uh, where, Thank you. Where, where can people find you or your podcast one more time? Sure. So uh, you can find me best on Twitter, as long as it's still alive by the time this airs. <laughs> it's day-to-day. -day, no one ever knows. Uh, but I'm most active there and on Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok and some other stuff. They're all DJ underscore Stormageddon. Um, I have a Twitch page, which I may try and start streaming a little more uh, later this year. Um, other than that, um, you can find all of my podcasts at djstormageddon.com or on literally any podcast platform. Um, I will shout out Fun and Games again because I think your audience will really dig it. Um, if you happen to already be a Fun and Games listener somehow and found the show that way uh, and haven't subscribed to our Patreon, please do. Uh, we've been growing the podcast, going to more conventions, meeting with more uh, dev teams, and every dollar helps us just build and grow that show. It's, it's patreon.com slash Pod. Um, if you want to find Fun and Games on Twitter, it's also at Fun and Games Pod. But uh, yeah, that's the best thing. And if you've forgotten all of that, just go to my Twitter <laughs> and all of the links are literally there. Nice. 
And where where can people find us, Aaron? The Super Pod Saga, the podcast they're listening to right now. Yeah, uh, podsaga.com. It's all there. And then yeah, before we go, big shout out to our our patron on Novel Console. Again, they're a, a variety podcast. They cover things from video games to books to food. They've been with us strong since we started our Patreon. And uh, check them out if you haven't. A novel console. Yeah. And it is my turn to pick the topic for next week. Yep. And I declare the next week we are going to be discussing remasters, remakes, and the like. It seems like a good time to do that. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Good luck defining good. what is what. Oh yeah, I've already I'm already thinking in my brain how to do that. <laughs> Thank you for listening, you wonderful, beautiful superstar listeners. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.